Hey homies, it's Michelle Bennett, graphic designer, turn marketer, turn interior decorator, and apparently now podcast host. That's right, peeps. I selfishly started a podcast so that I would have an excuse to pick the brains of designers, decorators, and industry experts so that I can get to the next level. And the best part is you guys are coming with me. I'm here today with Barrett and Christina of Wydell and Boschetti. Thank you, ladies, so much for being here. Yay, Yay. thank you for having us. So, okay, I'm going to take a step back and, and tell you, ladies, how I, how I found you. Okay. So while I did hear you on the Ivy podcast, the reason I listened to your episode in the first place was because somebody in the Ivy Facebook group said something about you guys were kind of took place of a speaker somewhere that couldn't be there. Am I right? Yeah. And it was impromptu. It was at high point market. Yes. Okay. So I was, I I don't even know how I got onto this thread or what happened, but people were raving about you. And so then I was told that you had an Ivy episode on the Ivy podcast. So I listened to it and then immediately I was like, I must talk to these ladies immediately. So that's kind of how this came here. So everybody's raving about you, obviously. And I'm just so grateful that you're talking to me right now. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Like We're so honored because we were literally at market, just like everyone else at market. And it was my um, big, big birthday the night before. Yeah, so, so we, we were, were both a little hungover <laughs> celebrating day. Christina's big, big par- birthday. What can um, we count? What do you mean big, big? The four zero. Oh, I'm, tur- I'm, <laughs> turning, I'm turning 39 tomorrow and 40, oh, yeah. 40 next year. So high fives to you ladies. Let's cheers. We're all drinking wine. So we're going to cheers to that. Cheers. Um, Happy Friday. Yeah. But yeah, so we got called that morning. We were already dressed and ready, which we didn't shower or anything. It wasn't <laughs> like we were even prepared to be seen in public from all these people. But they had us on speak on the panel in front of, you know, I think it was like 300 people. And Lori Peranjape, who's like our mentor, was on there. And Christopher Kennedy, who we absolutely love and we met at market. But, you know, we're sitting next to these huge names in the business. And Christina and our are very new still so it was kind of surreal but it was a lot of fun it's definitely an awesome thought of us yeah it was a lot of fun yeah so sorry was it ivy that suggested you guys yes it was their panel oh my god seriously that's amazing and thank you for doing that it was to talk about your business model which we didn't even realize we had one we did by talking on the panel yeah Yeah, nice you flushed it out you're like oh yeah this is what it looks like so okay quick background i'm gonna let you guys tell your story a little bit but um barrett it uh, was a, a ballet soloist for nine years now i know you did also say that you lost your job um in the corporate world. And that's yeah. kind of what the catalyst was. What was your, your job in the corporate world? I was an event coordinator for a big business. That makes sense. Okay. And then Christina was a fashion designer who owned her own company in New York city. Mm-hmm. Right? It was a pant line. And yeah, carried, it was like a store. I put the name. Yeah, it was a store. It was called Hem. But I was a fashion designer my whole career for like yeah, she went to 13 school. years. She went to school went to Parsons. Parsons for that. I went to ballet school. <laughs> <laughs> How's that going for business? Is that like... <laughs> it actually, it's really funny because I post every once in a while about my career as a ballet dancer, which was very successful. And I feel really honored to have already had a really successful career. And, you know, I'm only 34. So I retired when I was 28. Um, or actually almost 29, I think. But um, I post every once in a while about that and you know pictures of myself from that life and a bunch of designers reach out and say that they used to also be dancers a few were also professional um and I do feel like it is kind of corded like it's very connected to this field in a in a different way because obviously you know I wasn't designing furniture or designing homes at the time but it does it does really go hand in hand and I think in terms of being an entrepreneur, ballet was probably the best schooling that I could have ever had. Well, that's amazing. And I assume like your discipline was just through the roof as well. Yeah, I wasn't like, I wasn't that dancer. You're like, oh, I did ballet. Like I literally moved away from my family at 14 and studied in the best school in the world and 
danced in an amazing company. So it was, it was crazy. You know, it's a crazy life. Yeah. Well, congratulations on that as well, obviously. So why don't you guys share a little bit then about your backstory? So for those people who maybe didn't hear your, your uh, episode on the IV podcast. Yeah. It's a pretty cool story. I was telling the story. So go ahead. All right. (laughs) So we were, uh, I was actually going to be possibly moving to Las Vegas for my husband's career. And so our house was on the market. Um, we had, I had a little one and I was at the park with my mom and our dogs and my little son, Dylan, um, because our house was being shown at the time. Meanwhile, uh, Wydell designs had already been established as an event design event, uh, coordinating business, but it was very new because I just retired and I'd been wanting to find a business partner for a really long time and just felt like I could not find someone that I just clicked with. So it was always in my head, you know, if that or person came hard enough, yeah, or, <laughs> or hard wanted enough. to work, yeah, wanted to work. It was I had some people involved before, but it was, you know, they wanted more the glamorous side of the thing, which is two percent. So, <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, I always, you know, it was always in the back of my head. It wasn't like I was actively looking, but it was in the back of my head. So I was at the park, and the only two people at the park besides me, my dogs, and you know, everyone in my family was. Christina, her son, and another mom and her son. And I had met the mom that she was with through somebody else. And so we just started all talking and nothing regarding business, just kind of talking about, you know, who we were, blah, blah, blah. And I, Christina and I both left that little encounter, both telling our significant others that we thought we had met like our business partner. My husband is freaking cool. And I was like, oh, I just wish he wasn't leaving because we were actually thinking about leaving, going back to New York. And he's like, well, can you scoop all our clients up? <laughs> Yo, Christina wasn't working, but she was like itching to work oh, because yeah. she, you know, didn't, I don't think your plan was really to be a stay-at-home mom. Like nothing wrong with being a stay-at-home mom. We love being moms, but we're both very creative and we both do like to work. So I think that she felt that she needed something to do, but she didn't know really what that was. And I was starting something because I was basically fired from that other position and I did need to bring an income and teaching ballet was not what I retired to do. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we met and then we started talking, we started hanging out as friends. And with that, we talked about, you know, what we would do together in this business. And we both knew, like we sat down, we had a meeting. She showed me some things that she's done before. And we talked about what I've already established. And we both knew that we wanted to somehow bring interior design in there because we both always wanted that in our lives. However, we just thought no one would ever take us seriously because we had it in our brains that you had to be formally trained from an amazing school. So that was kind of, you know, a jump and a leap of faith that we took when we, when we merged together. Yeah. And then a a year after working together is when we merged our names and kind of rebranded the entire business. And then that's when this business really like legitimately took off. We decided to just do interiors only and no more events. And our business grew a thousand percent in a year. (laughs) Which is like my yeah, scary for us. I know. I remember us doing it, and you, at I first you were like, like, "No," oh because we already were make we weren't making any good money doing events, but we had at least something coming in. So Christina was like, "I don't know if we should just like get rid of it." And I was like, "We have to just take the leap." <laughs> and then it. I was like, "Okay, <laughs> it doesn't take a lot to like convince me." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. sorry. You, so you started on your own doing the event side yeah, of things. Yeah, I was two years. I had started doing um, interiors in the business, but it was more like kid related. So Christina joined on. I had like just done, I think, my first nursery. Mm-hmm. Right, you were um, like ending that. Yeah, I just ended my first nursery that I did, and she then joined with me, and that was like, you know, that we were starting out doing. Um, you know, the event designing, we were in a meeting with like this really big rental company for vintage rentals. And we were presenting to them basically a packet of things that we've done. And in that packet, it also showed our interiors, which was our son's nurseries. Basically they were like, all right, let's put this meeting on hold for a second. Your event designs are really cool, but 
these nurseries are literally like magazine worthy. And that was kind of what made us then say, oh, maybe people will take us seriously for, you know, if this company, which is already established, is like thinking we're really talented in this, then maybe we should try it. So we targeted kids stuff first to kind of get our niche, you know, get us in the door because we weren't going to just go straight full homes yet. So we started doing nurseries and playrooms um, and kids parties. And then that's literally what took us then to that next level of just taking the jump of interiors. Okay. So I don't know if you, like one of the things that kind of resonated with, with me was, I don't, my backstory is also like in November, it will be like my three year anniversary of losing my job in the corporate world as a marketer. And I decided that day, pretty much let's call it that week, um, that I was just going to like, this was the universe saying it's time to make the leap. And I had the same thoughts. Like, it was funny. I, I mean, I had, a, I had, was confident oddly, but I was also like, who is going to actually pay? Yeah, me? it's really scary. And designers were like holier than thou and like, you yeah. know, up on this level and you couldn't touch that level. And they were all, you know, very trained and this and that and the other textbook, like how ballet is. And I think yeah. that that's for me, because I was so trained in my previous career And a lot of people taking me seriously getting into a big company was because of the school I went to and the name attached to all that. So I do think it was really nerve wracking when we decided to like take this leap of faith. Also not even really knowing anything about design for interiors. Like, you know, we were pulled out the measuring tape. Like no one taught us how to measure. No one taught us how to do the layouts. No one taught us how to, you know, start these renovation projects. So it was really all just kind of being motivated. And if someone did say no, which this client that was a huge name in sports interviewed us in the beginning, they were interested in us. They said, no, we were, you know, pretty like bummed out because we knew what we could do, but we, our portfolio wasn't there yet. So they, there wasn't that trust built. However, we just kept pushing along and built this brand. And two years later, now we're doing her commercial space. So, you know, it's just funny. You just, it all circles back. Yeah. I know. Like I tell a lot of people that are new starting and that are kind of from a similar background, meaning that they're not trained designers. They didn't go to school. Um, just don't take no for an answer. Like you just got to keep going. Someone doesn't want to work with you that doesn't mean that you're not good enough and it doesn't mean that they're not going to come back to you because it has happened to us like big time. So she did come back to you or did you guys reach back out to her? No. She came back to us. I was on vacation in the Bahamas and I got the email and I was like, oh my God, like what a blast from the past. We were so, we were like so bummed out because it was a big project and it was like one of those that was going to set the bar for what we needed to get our name out there. And we knew what was possible, but we understand like our portfolio wasn't there. So and you know what? We actually are probably pretty thankful now that we didn't take it because right now we actually have the backbone, which is a technical designer and like elevations. And I could, I could see me possible mistakes, you know? Yeah. Cause it was happening. a, it was a build of a house. Yeah. Um, oh God. That's scary. That was like literally <laughs> in the first year of business. Yeah. So it's just funny how things do happen, but I do tell people like, you know, if you know it's possible and you know that you can get there, you will get there. You just have to like have the patience of getting there and build the portfolio. Okay. So I was going to do a rapid fire round, but to warm ourselves up, but I feel like we're warm and I feel like I just want to get right down to I have some questions for you ladies. Um, first of all, okay. I actually want to circle back to the first, something you said earlier, which was, you knew that you wanted a business partner. Like, I'm just curious um, why did you want a business partner? So it's funny, you know, a lot of people ask that question. And even when we went to go meet with our mentor in Tennessee, she was like, why would you want a partner? I don't want to split my money with anyone. And it's true. Like, yeah, that's a, that's a difficult thing to swallow splitting your money. But at the same time, well, we started splitting pennies. So it wasn't that, <laughs> <laughs> no. you know, it is, I can understand that. And yeah. honestly, having a business partner is, is not easy and it's not for everyone at all. Like it's definitely not for everyone. And I feel we got lucky in the sense that we do genuinely get along and there's like a genuine love and respect for each other. So I think that is really where we're fortunate along with the fact that we both really do love what we're doing and want to build this business and brand. Um, 
Chris, you know, the reason I wanted a partner, I think in the beginning was for confidence because, you know, I I had started the business and I wanted it to grow. I had had this vision from day one of where we are now. Like, this is like where I wanted us to be. I just didn't know how I was going to get there. And having someone, you know, even just to be with you and by your side and like to play off each other and, you know, build together was what I wanted to, like, I never was a single girl. Like I didn't like being single. I always wanted to be in a relationship. I feel like that's why having a partner for me was better. I always worked better. Like when I was single, I always, I didn't perform as well. When I had a a boyfriend and then when I got married, I was like at the top of my game. Like I felt like I always could focus better with having a partner. Yeah. So I knew I wanted someone, but just didn't know who was. So it was kind of like finding your husband. And Christina and I find we go through our things, but like we always work it out. And I think that's what separates us from other partners. Like we do definitely work, you know, work our things out and we really play off each other and we trust in, you know, what's going on in our business. Right. All right. Let's talk about confidence issues then. So I don't know. Do you guys still struggle with confidence issues or do you feel like you're rocking and you feel good? I think one of the reasons that we, get so many clients and keep business rolling is because I think the client feels confident that we're so confident. It's when the client doesn't feel confident because of their own feelings inside for themselves. When, you know, things get in disarray with like the design process, but when they have full confidence in us, that's when we do our best projects. And that's when we have full confidence. And I think setting the bar day one of the consultation yeah. and being very direct and confident is what's going to set the trust between you and your client. So I think that's key. If you go into that first initial meeting feeling, you know, shaky and nervous and like you don't have it together, then they're going to question you for the rest of the project and then your confidence is shot. So being confident is key. And so early on, let's, let's go back to like, you guys are just, you just met in the park and then like fast forward to now we're doing this, we're business partners and we're going to start this business and we're going to do kids nurseries. Were you confident then? Yeah. I think we've always been confident from day one. I think that's why I feel like when we say it organically happened, it wasn't like we were ever like that nervous about like jumping into it. Um, I feel like we just did it. We just, we really, we never overthought that. We didn't overthink anything. We always pushed the limits and the boundaries and we just went, no excuses. Like I I was telling you before, like with the kids thing, I was just like, there was no pause ever. Really? Yeah. (laughs) We're like, okay, we don't have any, but we're going to get it done. I mean, I know, I know for me, you know, for what my background was, you have to be extremely confident to go and dance in front of 3,500 people. So you know, I'm not afraid of, I do get nervous inside, but I'm really good at masking that. So I'm used to that. Like it's like a performance. Like it's fake until you make it a little bit early on. Oh, we totally did that. <laughs> I was telling people, we don't obviously do this anymore. But I'm, and I'm not saying that we've made it, but our business is definitely there. And it's one to be proud of. Proud of. Yeah. Because it, it would, I, it would take any other designer like 10 plus years to get where we Yeah. Are. I mean, the volume that we're doing is incredible. But in the beginning, you know, we were, we knew what we could do. We just needed someone to see that. So we used to fake things all the time, like fake design boards on Instagram saying we were doing all these, you know, upcoming projects, but they weren't upcoming. But then it's funny because we would put it out in the universe and it literally would start to come and come and come and come. I'm firm believer of all of these things. So so true. Literally the other day we were talking about a client who had interviewed us like a couple years ago. We didn't end up doing the the job. Yeah. Yeah, We literally just brought the name up and yesterday they text messaged us and want us to come meet with them. Okay. So I'm just going to start saying some stuff that I need I right now. I thousand percent believe in putting it in the universe. Oh yeah. Has come back well, even it. for you, you said you wanted a business partner. I mean, what are the chances though? Like it's one thing that you met, you met each other and, but like you both want to do an interior design thing. Like that's not, I know that's not it's like really it. true though. Like we put it, we were, ta- I was talking about saying we need a celebrity client to really get our name even up there. We just signed like a huge celebrity client. Like it literally is like you put it out in the universe and it will come back to you. Okay. I, 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 your energy. Yeah. That's what it, I mean, the I'm, energy 
Yeah. I'm totally with you on that. Okay. I have so many questions. I want to keep this going. Um, okay. You talked on the Ivy podcast about being transparent you in your Canada. I, I asked. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Are you from Canada? Hi, I'm Michelle. I'm from Canada. Yeah, Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> um, so on the Ivy podcast, you guys talked about being transparent in your sales pitch and the consultation. So I'm I struggle a little bit with. Um, like what is too much information early in that, in those conversations where it's like, cause there is a lot, right. There's like, we got to manage our expectations. The process is intense. And I'm just like, never sure what is too much information. What's not. So, so what do you think are the key things to tell people? I really think the key thing in a consultation is explaining your process to the T. So excuse me, everything that's in your contract or your agreement of sale needs to be spoken about up front. We are a brand and a business that has four people attached to it and a warehouse attached to it. So there are fees that come associated with that. So setting up that expectation from the beginning so that they understand how you run your business is key. Yeah. It's not about making the sale and then let them know. Yeah. No, they don't want surprises. There should be zero surprises. You need to tell them from day one, listen, this is how I work. This is how my business is run. And this is what's going to happen once you sign on. And if they don't like that, then it's not the right client for us. Exactly. Right. And so things like, okay, so there's, there's certain things that really like kind of like I get hung up on. So things like, okay, for me, I haven't done a formal installation yet where all the furniture shows up on one day. So do you really do like bits and pieces right now? Oh yeah. But I also don't have massive projects. Like I'm not, I'm not, even if you have have one room, I'm just going to tell you from experience and everyone works differently, but from experience, the best results that we got from the beginning was when we did it all at once with all the accessories, pillows, this, that, and the other, because the client is come, the client's coming to you for a vision, right? They can't visualize their space. So they hire you. If you start putting in bits and pieces, even though they have, you know, approved the product, they might stare at that light so much because only thing that's in is the light in the wallpaper that they're like, wait a minute. Now I don't see the rest of the room because this isn't what they do for no, a living. I feel that hard part, the product. I mean, a perfect, <laughs> a perfect example is the other day we were installing an entire house. Okay. The husband wanted table, or sorry, floor lamps for the living room. We sent a picture of the floor lamps that we bought, and he said no. I and Christina both knew that they worked perfectly in the space. So because we were getting it uh, photographed that day, we brought them with us for our own photos, even though we were going to take them back. And I sent over a picture to the husband, and I just said, just want to show you how good they look. Let us know. And of course, then he kept the lamps because he can't, they cannot see bits and pieces. They can only understand when everything's in the scope. Okay. So do you, and I'm with you. This is like, I did a whole house almost Uh bits and pieces. And let me just tell you, it's a nightmare, utter, utter nightmare. Yeah. Nightmare. Product gets sent directly to the client. Yep. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm still also um, shopping some retail as well. Um, yeah, in Canada, I will say, yeah, and, and in Canada, it's a lot, and I don't want to be like making excuses. Um, it's a lot harder to access, like even like forehands. Like there's yeah. the, it's it is just the aesthetic that yeah. I like. It's tougher to um, sunpan. I just went to sunpan yesterday. I had no idea they were Canadian. It's yeah. like twenty minutes from my house, and it was That's glorious. Amazing. You should yeah. use them all the time. They're they have great stuff. Yeah, that's great to hear. I just recently posted asking people what they thought about their quality. So that's great. I have like a bachelor pad that I'm working on where I sourced a lot of the stuff from there. Do you guys find that when you present, uh, you do, you do do 3d renderings then because you know, that's going to visually help them see. We it didn't really depends on the project. We did not in the beginning. Cause we both didn't, we're not able to do that. We don't know how to do the rendering. Nor did we want to pay to outsource unless it was completely necessary. But now that we have Emily in the house, 
And the scale <laughs> of our projects and the money that these clients are spending, I think 100% renderings are key. Um, it didn't, it, yeah, it didn't, we didn't need it in the beginning at all because the projects were so small. So I do not suggest doing it unless you're trained in doing it and you can just do it yourself or it is you're building a house or doing a, uh, a renovation of a house, then yes. But once you get to a place in your career where you can, you know, afford to have someone in-house to do it, then I think for every project, you should just do it because it does make a huge difference. I mean, once a client sees it and they're rendering, they're like, oh my God, this is like amazing. I get it. I see it. I love it. You know, it's so much easier for them. For us, we already know what it looks like. I don't need a rendering. Totally. And and it's it's kind of like the whole thing you just talked about where things, if they show up randomly in the house, people, I do find clients can get really fixated on a rug on its own and they're just oh, like, yeah. well, and it's like, but it's it's not just the it's rug different. on its own. It's different. Exactly. Yeah. I do really though, like I can't say enough, I think for even if you're doing a one room to just Tell your client from day one, listen, this is how I work. I do a reveal. Even if it's a one-room project, mm. I wait till everything is in. I'll have the lighting and the wallpaper installed first, and then I will come in with all the goods, and I'll be done in one day. Because then they come home, and it's like Christmas. It's like, oh, yeah. my God, this room is fit. And then there's this excitement about it as opposed to them being a little annoyed because it's like one piece, and then one piece, and one piece. Mm-hmm. Or that, especially if it's going to their house. And then they have things like dropped off in the rain or it's damaged. It's delivered to your house yeah. if you have the space and then rent a truck and a company, like a delivery company or whatever to then take it to death. Or to a receiver. This wouldn't happen now because you, well, first of all, what would happen if somebody should, people call you and they say, I have a project and it's completely unrealistic, their budget. Do you just kind of say like. So in the beginning, we used to do all unrealistic budgets and. Okay, cool. Cause we, I do that. <laughs> so what we did in the beginning, you have to build. So what we did in the beginning was we took on the job, we charged hourly and we gave away all of our trade pricing in the beginning. Okay. Then we built it up to, we charged hourly and we charged a 20% on top of trade. So they were still getting a huge discount. And then once we became, you know, to a place where we felt comfortable enough, we charged hourly and we did not give away any pricing. Trade but if someone comes to us with an unrealistic budget now, we could offer them our e-design. Design. Yeah. Our designs on demand, which, you know, we still are buying product, but it, they don't have the full service. Like, right. They're getting, if they want, if they're in like Philadelphia area, then they do get the um, install if they want, you know, if they agree to pay for that. But other than that, and we'll do styling, but other than that, they literally don't have yeah. any say in any of the products. So if you're, since you are in the beginning, or anyone that is in the beginning, if you don't want to say no to the job, but you feel that it is a difficult job because of the price, you could always offer an e-design, which is basically you design everything on a piece of paper, no renderings, right? It's just, you give them that, you give them the layout and then they execute it. You don't even have to buy the product because you don't have your own receiving warehouse. So you would just give them all the links to purchase. They would buy the stuff. They would be in charge of installing it, but they're getting the design because you've designed it. Mm -hmm. So we used to do that a lot. Yeah. We used to just charge like, yeah, I, I do that as well. It's definitely not like, I, I actually don't mind having it as like filler projects in your yeah. mind. It's like in and out, hopefully, whatever. Although I do, I don't know if you would have It might not. It's an easy couple hundred dollars yeah. that you're going to make because you can design it all day long. It's just the execution is what takes the yeah. time and you don't have time for that when it's yeah. that kind of a budget. Like now, yeah. you know, we have budget minimums and if the client doesn't meet the budget minimum, we just offer them the designs on demand. And if they don't want that, then they go somewhere else. Okay, so I mean, have to be realistic with also they can't just get everything. You know, if you have a living room and they want to spend ten thousand dollars on the living room, well, then go do it yourself. Like, why are you coming to a design team? It's yeah, area. Like, I don't People don't understand. This is a luxury. You don't you does not like, you don't not everyone has a personal trainer. Not everybody right. has a chef. Like these or are a nanny. exactly like, these are luxury things in life that not everybody has. 
it's called a service and there's a fee for that service. And you have to know what you're worth, you know, and the client needs to understand that. And if they don't understand that, then bye, go to Ikea. <laughs> yes. Amen. Okay. So when do you guys, so basically it's like insulation is a non-negotiable. So I'm leaving here today and I'm not going to say it in my consultation. Like it's an option. I'm going to say it like, this is it. This yeah. Is it. You have to be, you have to be very like confident and also very straightforward about what you're offering them and not, and not like, Oh, well maybe. Okay. Yeah. All right. No, this is what you have. This is what I offer. Yeah. And that's it. And if you don't want that, I'm sorry. And I wish you the best, you know? Okay. So what do you say when someone says something like this, for example, okay, I'm in, you're in the consultation. You say, okay, this is our process. All the furniture is going to go to an, inst- uh, to a receiver or our warehouse in your case, obviously. And then it's going to be delivered on the day of installation when all of the pieces have been received. But then they say, but then you're, you know, you find out, you know, it could be 10 to 12 weeks for your sectional because it's being custom made client says yeah but you know i i don't have any furniture right now i just moved into my house okay so what is your response You've been there. we just had a client like that i we have one of those right now installs. what's that <laughs> we have a client right now we've done like four installs on him already so yeah, he it's against our policy really but because he's such an amazing client to work with mm-hmm. and so easygoing and we knew he wasn't gonna be a nitpicker because he doesn't have time for that, we were okay with that. Okay. But we did, we did turn down a job that was a decent sized job with a decent budget, but because they wanted everything right away, and we were like, "Well, it doesn't work like that. You have a minimum making the you have a minimum of well, we are now. No, you have a minimum physically. of three months, and they didn't want they wanted before that. So we actually turned down the job. I mean, it was a good job. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right, I like it. Just need to grow a pair and just stick to my guns. It's the hardest though to do that. It took us a long, it took us a while to start saying no. And sometimes I even still doubt it when I say no, because I'm like, well, what if this ends up being a really good job or they know people. A couple times have happened that has happened and we're like, no. And then they like coerce us into doing it somehow. <laughs> and they were like, thank God we took that project. So now we have a beach house because of it. Yeah, that. yeah, that's true. Call her friend and, you know, it's like a big circle here in Philly, especially for us. But you do really need to listen to your gut. You yeah. never want to like over promise and under deliver. So that is another big one as far as managing expectations. So, so you basically, how long would you say it takes you to do the spiel of your sales pitch where you take the client during the consultation through your process, through your contract and all that good stuff? Our consultation lasts about an hour long, but that consists of mostly us going through the house and writing down the scope. My spiel is five minutes. minutes. Yeah. I do do pitching on the consults. I like literally five minute sales pitch. Can you do your sales pitch to me right now? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) How we work is we charge hourly for all of our jobs. Christina and I are a team and we are clocked in as one person, whether I'm working on it or she's working on it, or we're both working on it. And we charge 200 an hour. Emily is our technical designer who is going to charge separately on her hours for Emily's time, she's 100 an hour. However, if she's doing a rendering, she is 200 an hour. Chelsea is our office manager and in charge of the warehouse. She's not clocked in because that time cannot be clocked as it's all over the place. <laughs> she's in charge of all of the invoicing, ordering, customer service, receiving, storage of goods, and checking the, the storage of goods. And also included in that is the storage of goods plus the delivery fee from our truck for install day. And that's an 8% administrative charge, which is on every single bill of goods to the client. Um, once you sign on to the job, we will send over moods to you know talk about and you approve a mood then we get started on the design process so the design process is going to be a design board all the elevations lighting schedules um paint schedules layouts renderings that we present in person so everything that we present to you in person is one piece like one item we're not giving multiple choices it's one choice per item 
Um, that's our favorite pick, our first pick. And then from there, it's basically just buying time unless the client wants some kind of, you know, changes, which we do a lot in our estimated time. So once we're done with this consultation, we'll go back. We will send you a proposal. It's going to have a full scope in there. Also with our estimated total amount of hours, along with all the bullet points about our 8%, about our hourly fees. And um, also that we'll be taking pictures and video of your project from day one on, for our social media needs. We require half deposit yep. <laughs> to get started. And we don't get started until we get your deposit. And we don't purchase any goods until your invoice is paid. Yep. We collect money in full. Okay. And you've already told them about your process of like the installation. Cause I don't think a lot of clients yeah, really so know that. They'll ask us sometimes if we, yeah. we do tell them most clients that come to us now know who we are though and follow us. So they know we do reveals, but yeah, we tell them, you know, this is a reveal. We do everything in one to a couple of days, depending on what the scope of the project is. We don't do partial installs unless it's a specialty reason why, like this one client who needed his partial installs. Um, we usually do like wallpaper, paint and all that stuff first and then lighting. And then we come in there with all the goods. And if it's a renovation, obviously that's going to be, you know, different than yeah. a furnishing job, but for all furniture, it's a one to two, three day install, depending on the size of the house. Okay. And when do you collect and how do you collect money for, so presentation happens. Let's say the client was like, sweet. I want you to order all the things. Yeah. Do you, how do you request send over the IV invoice? The client pays, we order. And do they normally pay oh. with check credit card or check? Okay. Sometimes being transfer, it's more check than credit card, yeah. right? For Nobody wants to pay the fee no. and you don't feel comfortable mm-hmm. putting the fee in our price because yeah. then it out, it makes our price higher than MAP and we don't want to be higher than MAP. We want to be competitive with as that. As well as every, almost every client is on a budget. So yeah. if they see that added cost, you know, that's part of their budget too. So we have to take that in consideration. But if a lot of designers I know put it like they'll hide the fee. In. We don't want to hide the fee because then we're not making the profit that we would be making. That's yeah. taking profit out of and our... It's very confusing too. But it is. It also is taking profit out of us. Yeah. So 3.5, it's 3.5% or whatever. That's going to... If we put that into each line item, that takes that percentage out of our profit. And since we're splitting everything, we need as much profit as possible. Yeah. And we have infrastructure, so... <laughs> okay. So speaking of which, um, first of all... When you guys obviously have like a thousand percent growth, right? Yeah. Um, obviously, you're starting to make some real money. Did you guys ever struggle with like money mindset issues where you you were like almost like your own worst enemy for like I don't want to invoice this. I almost feel guilty invoicing this. This is so much money. We do that still all the time. <laughs> you what? Sorry. We still do that all the time. And it's really sucks because we shouldn't feel guilty, but we're good people. (laughs) (laughs) I know, but we're all, and I know like I've done a lot of work as far as like mindset, financial mindset. And it's like, we've all just, I don't know what your backgrounds are obviously from when you're a kid, but a lot of the times our parents are like, you can't afford that. We can't afford that. And you're just like, you're hearing this story like day in and day out when you're a kid and you just... Well, like the word, the the one thing we never want anyone to feel like is we're trying to get one over on them mm-hmm. or we're just trying to get, you know, we're doing this because of money. Cause it's really, I mean, obviously we need money. Everyone needs money, but it's not what drives our business. Our passion drives the business. So it is really hard. And there are some times where, you know, we know that we're like over budget and we feel guilty about sending something. And then we like try and we believe in the design, but we'll take a part of the profit off because we want to stay within the budget because we don't want the client to be upset. It's definitely like very, that's a very difficult part of the business. I mean, we have this really big celebrity client whose budget was not realistic for what he needs. And we made that known up front. However, this name of a client is so much bigger than that budget that we were okay with giving away custom upholstery goods at cost and, you know, handyman or wallpaper installers who usually we would, you know, mark up a little bit on because of correspondence, et cetera, et cetera. You know, we gave a lot of stuff at cost because we saw, we see where this possibly could go. As well as we didn't take profit on like as much profit as we would have taken on a lot of the goods either. Mm-hmm. 
So, I mean, that's not for everyone. Yeah. Not everyone has this name. So there, it kind of depends on who the client is and, and what the relationship is. Um, you know, in the beginning we didn't make any profit, but that was our way of getting in the door and building our portfolio. I would rather have had a better portfolio and not made as much money because in the end you're going to make that back and a double and triple amount, you know, a thousand percent. Yeah, I think exactly. you mean <laughs> <laughs> we were getting paid to learn in the process yeah. too. So totally. I get that. You, and we all start somewhere, especially when, you know, you're learning as you go. Yeah. Um, so Why should I be paying full price when you're so new and you don't? There's a learning curve, yeah. And I don't know that it's necessarily fair that the client pays for that either, right? So um, when you're meeting with a client and they're ta- you're talking about in the consultation, you're creating your scope. Um, I, and I assume clients throw out like, here's what I want to spend. And if it's like my experience, normally it's like half or three times of what it should be based on their wish list. Do you then go back and give them like, okay, well, here's what I think it should be. You itemize like. So we day one on the consultation, the first question pretty much is, okay, what's your scope and what is the budget? And then sometimes the client, you don't have to answer us now, but. Because usually the husband and wife sit together and they're like, I don't know what the budget is. You tell me. And and they're scared too, not only to say like too high a number, but they're embarrassed to say a number that you're going to be like, oh, like I I totally get that as a consumer myself. I'm like, I'm scared. I don't know. I don't want to say the number. We always want to know what the scary number is. So we know not to go above that scary number. And every client's different. Some clients will give us a budget, but we know there's wiggle room to the budget. So we'll go above, above that because we feel it's okay. There are other clients who are like, listen, this is the top dollar. We're not going above this. So don't even try. Mm-hmm. And then there's clients who come to us and say, I have no idea. I am uneducated and I don't know what the budget is. So then Christina and I come up with the budget, which we don't like to do, but we do do it. Okay. And what, I'm going to ask you guys one last question because we're, we're wrapping up to the hour soon. And I think this is a doozy. What's my uh, best? I know, right? It's the wine. So, so you guys obviously said you have four people in a warehouse. Yeah. And okay, since you guys became partners, how long have you been in business now? This is our third year. It will be four years in January. Okay. When did you hire the people and get the warehouse? Third year in. And how did you know that that needed to happen? So my husband has a party rental business and had a warehouse. Not that he, he doesn't own it, but he rents a warehouse and he has like 50,000 square feet of space. And basically came to me one night and was like, you and Christina need to have a warehouse. Like you shouldn't have packages sent to clients' houses anymore. He basically put the light bulb on in our brains and we were like, yeah, that's right. And since we have the warehouse and we have his trucks and his guys... It was literally a no-brainer. So we said, sure, let's do it. That's it. That was what we did. And then as the business really, really grew and we realized that we needed, obviously, staff. Yeah, and the financial, the finances were the hardest thing. Yeah, the first thing is Ivy at that point. There wasn't. We, the first person we hired was our office manager and that was strictly to deal with like the invoicing and the financial aspect of stuff. And then after that, only last January, I was actually in the Bahamas. Um, we were talking about how we really needed to hire a designer for like renderings and CAD drawings and elevations and all that kind of stuff that we are not familiar with because of the scale of the projects in our business and how it had grown. Um, we hired our technical designer in January. So it's not even been a year. So we hired her as part-time. Like yeah, within like a week. <laughs> I think we, yeah, I was like, okay, how many hours you want? 45. <laughs> <laughs> um, I might as well just put you on the box, I guess. So, okay. How old did you guys even know what to do? What's that? It's really scary to hire someone because we never know when that client's never not going to come. You know, yeah. we like own our own business. And right now, like, yeah, it's been flowing and flowing and flowing. However, how do we know it's always going to continue to flow? How do we know we're always going to be able to afford a cl- uh, an employee? So to have two full-time employees on the books... It's like a huge, that's a big deal. No matter how much money we make at the end of the day, that money could be gone tomorrow. Yeah. So it's really hard. When you made the decision, okay, first of all, your warehouse. 
Yeah. Could you buy a warehouse and purchase? So I know on the Ivy podcast, you guys talked about like you, you guys went out of pocket for some stuff to meet some minimums. So do you guys have some stuff that you have warehouse? You're like, this is an item that I, I know I'm going to use in multiple yeah. projects. We yeah. buy accessories, inventory, not big items, but more like accessories, rugs, some okay. artwork. We'll buy that stuff and we'll house it in our warehouse. Okay. And, and it always finds a home. Like we make sure it finds a home. Of course, right? We're not just like buying shit to store it. Like yeah. we literally make sure, okay, we love this so much. We believe in it. So we mm-hmm. know it will end up somewhere. It might just be two years from now that it ends up yeah. somewhere. So, and you hired people. Like how did you even know what to do to get someone on payroll? Like I think you talked about a mentor. Like did you have a mentor? Accounting, no. <laughs> Is that Sorry just our accountant we just literally we spoke to the accountant once we started making like decent amount of money we sat down with our accountant and said okay obviously you see what our flow is how much can we afford to hire and they basically said this is what you can do and we hired someone and then they were in charge of you know dealing with the um payroll so we pay our accountant monthly to deal with payroll okay and how did you know what to even pay someone or how that would work. We did, you know what I mean? Like it's reasonable or. No, we did a lot of research. I like definitely called around and talked to people. My sister-in-law is in, um, in HR and does like hiring for companies, especially for like office management and positions like that. So we did a lot of research. Um, we also reached out to a lot of designers on when they hired, how much they were paying. And we also told our girls too, like, listen, this is what you're going to be starting out as. And as our business grows, we want you to grow with us as well as the responsibilities will grow. So as their responsibilities will grow, their pay will also grow as well. You know, we we're in this for the long haul and the people that we have on our team, we want here with us like forever. We're not here to just like, you know, get rid of them after a certain amount of time. Like we've been through hire and fire a few times and that was really, really hard, but it was definitely a good test for us. And now that we've found our team, I feel we feel really confident that this is like our team and we're here for like the long haul with them and we want them to grow with us. I don't know if you've ever read um, the book by um, Nasty Girls, it's, uh, uh, Boss Boss Girl, Girl Boss. Yeah, yeah no, but I listened to her podcast. She, she like also like had someone from the beginning that like grew with her and then ended up like basically running her business. And like, that's kind of like how I feel is like how we're going to be, you know, as owners, like, I think as owners of a business, the main thing is like delegating and you'll be like delegating. Like we might eventually not be here so much, like in office so much because we'll get to a place where we can really delegate how this business is going to be run and maybe be more, you know, available for our families. Mm -hmm. But right now it's a lot of hustle and bustle and it's crazy. Um, But, you know, in the long run, it's about... And I tell people this all the time because there's a, another designer on Ivy that's been really questioning like hiring. And I'm like, listen, as a owner, like you have to be able to delegate. You need to know how to like tell people what they need to do, be on top of them and lead the team because you don't know, we don't, in the end, we're not going to always need to be there. You know, we've built that to, to the place where we can actually go and be at our kids' soccer games and mm-hmm. be more involved because we have a team here working for us, you know? So I think that's like a scary, that's a scary thing too, is like giving trust and, you know, giving the responsibilities away to someone else. But in order to get your business to be as big as you want it to be, that like you have to do that. It can't be a one person job. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of in the process of potentially hiring just like an assistant. Yeah. So do my purchasing like five hours a week. So I don't know. I, I, so what would your biggest advice be with regards to hiring that person? Do they know how to use QuickBooks? Okay. Definitely hire a bookkeeper first. So I have an accountant, but is, is that more for the purchasing side of things? What? Is it yeah. more, do you mean, cause is it, do you mean a bookkeeper for the purchasing of the product side of things? more so than the invoicing for services? Well, I would say the hard, I think the hardest thing for us wasn't even the invoicing, but it was like the tracking of the money that was coming in and the money that yeah, was Yeah, that's out. how you need a bookkeeper first. And it's not, you can actually do both. Like you can only pay, like we, when we were researching, it was like 150 bucks a month. As long as you give all the stuff to the bookkeeper, bookkeepers, she can plug it all in. Um, 
But I would say if you're going to hire like an assistant, then she could help with that too. I would have your assistant do your IV invoicing and purchasing. That's kind of where I want to start. But uh, let me tell you, it's so scary because it's like... Someone else's money. Yeah, it's really scary. Let me tell you a little quick story. I would love that. The very per- first person that we hired, oh, crap. day five, not even five, I think it was like day three or four on the job. My husband said to me, we were sitting at dinner and he's like, did you do a background check? And I was like, no, she's like the nicest person. She's fine. I don't need to. <laughs> As he's she's like, young. he's on the computer. I hear like, and he's like, what's her name? Yeah. There's no one under that name. And then he finally finds her under a whole nother name and she'd been arrested for larceny. No. Yes. So the first thing that and went then, in my mind was, holy shit, all of our clients' credit cards are attached to this person as larceny, that like was felony. Oh my God. And our business is going to go down the freaking hole and we're done. Like I, w- I didn't sleep. I was shaking. I was sweating, nervous. Immediately we fired her, collected everything, made sure she didn't have anything. Thank God nothing happened. Of course, yeah. Like the, I think the poor girl actually was trying to get her life back together. But it was like, as yeah, bad as we felt for her, and we honestly do feel that she was genuine in getting her life back together, there was no risk we could yeah, take. Yeah, not, not on my business. No, so I do say <laughs> when you're yeah. I do say when you're hiring, even if... the background Yeah, check. even if... Call for references. What's, what's wrong with doing a background check? You know, nothing. There's nothing wrong no. with that. No, I, I'm totally on board Great. with that. Great story. <laughs> yeah, we were like, oh my God. Oh, it was definitely scary. Yeah, no, that's terrifying. I just had like, I made a screw up once purchasing something for a client through PayPal. And I had previously bought something through PayPal using my, okay, so I used to do stuff way backwards. I used to take clients' credit cards and buy retail using their credit cards. I don't do that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's a mess. It's a liability, but I accidentally still had her credit card in my PayPal and I accidentally paid for drapes on her credit card. No, that happened to us too. On Wayfair, we went to go buy someone else's stuff and the worst, possibly the worst client you could ever think of. Of course. It happened to like literally the worst. This client still haunts my dreams at night. (laughs) No, because it's like, this, this client for me, like she's the sweetest lady and I know she truly trusts me, but I still was like, I need you to know I was not trying to be shady. Use your credit. Uh It's the worst feeling. Mortified. Yeah. Yeah, It's the worst feeling in the world. It's terrible. Oh, I know. Yeah. I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. That only happened one time. Then. Yeah, but. Yeah, I, well, it's one of those things, like, that will never happen again, because that was, like, such a tough lesson learned. Yeah, exactly. It's like, no. I always tell every, everyone in our office knows, the first time you make a mistake, it's a mistake, but the second time is no longer a mistake. Yeah. So, that's just embedded, like, yeah. that forever yeah and that feeling it's like no cannot um okay so before you guys share with everybody where they can find you why don't you just give maybe each of you individually could give us your best advice for kind of taking your level to the next business like you guys have done okay so i would say hiring people exactly (laughs) it's really people it's really about hiring the right people for your business. It might take a few times, tries, but honestly, if you have a vision of where you want your business to be and you want to be doing, you know, million, you know, millions of dollars in sales, there's no way you're going to do that as a one person. And if you can do that as one person, I commend you a thousand percent. But being that we're moms of kids, two kids each, we have obviously they're young. They're very young. I mean, our littlest just turned two. There is no way possible to get all of this done. Organizing clients' projects, money, warehouse, you know, X, Y, and Z without having a team. So hiring someone or two people, three people, however people you want is key. Totally key. If you don't hire, it's just, it's not, your business isn't going to grow. Like and it can't. Most one people is the office manager one, and the, the technical one, designer, especially if you're not. Well, it's, I mean, it's also us hustling our ass out there bringing clients in. The business wouldn't run if we weren't out there bringing the clients in. Right. It's, it's about having a team behind you. 
Mm-hmm. So you would agree that would be like your number one, yes. your number one advice. So, all right, two people. If you don't make enough money, you can't hire someone. So you got to hustle till you make the money where you can hire someone. Because not, you know, not everyone wants to work for pennies, right? <laughs> Unless yeah. they're your business partner and they're like, okay, fine. I see where this is going. Yeah. You have to like be at a place where, okay, I make enough money to hire someone where I feel confident that they'll appreciate the salary and they'll work for me, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, in the beginning, we didn't pay a lot of money for someone. So, yeah, getting someone that has a freaking felony attached <laughs> to them makes sense now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for, like, yeah. can't even right now. It was so awesome. Why don't you tell everybody where they should follow you, what your website is, all that good stuff. So follow us <laughs> on Instagram at Wydell Bichetti. W-I-D-E-L-L-B-O-S-C-H-E-T-T-I. We don't have an active website. Because <laughs> you're too busy. You're Thank too you. busy. And we honestly haven't even needed it. Instagram, word and of house, too. and house. H-O-U-Z-Z has been key. That's a good, if you're going to put some money. Into something, advertising on house. That's been key. the guy's been harassing me, so maybe I should call him back. For us. Biggest Two biggest, biggest clients, clients on there. Um, but honestly, though, be Three. relevant. Be relevant on Instagram. Be real on Instagram. Show everyone what you're doing. Even if it's something that you're tech- really not doing, pretend that you are doing it. Build build that. Um, our website will be coming. And it's really just going to be showcasing work. But most of our business is run by... And how to contact us. <laughs> yeah. You can contact us on Instagram, though. I'm, I'll reach out. Like you. And, and um, out of curiosity, I'm sorry, one last question. Uh, in your business, would you say that new builds or renovations make a big part of your business client? Yeah. Like your- Mostly renovation work, furnishings, and then new builds. We've only done a few new builds, but mostly reno- renovations. Like Okay, so you don't have a lot of just furnishing, de- decorating type clients? Oh, we do. I'd say it's like 50 50 yeah. between renovations and furniture jobs. And which ones? Furniture jobs are the easy. Furniture jobs are the easy ones, and you make um, the money off the product. Yeah, it's right. We love doing furniture jobs. Okay, perfect. All right, guys, thank you again. I super appreciate it. Have an awesome weekend. Yeah, thank you too. Well, homies, can you even handle that podcast interview just now? First of all, that was the first time I've ever interviewed two people at once, and. That was just, oh, I was so excited to talk to them. So freaking excited. And I, the worst part is I just really could have kept talking to them for another hour. I had so many more questions. Um, I had a list of questions I wanted to ask, but we just kept talking about so many amazing things. I couldn't get to them all. I'm just hoping that they will be able to talk to me maybe another time so we can talk about some other things that I'm hoping to talk to them about. What an inspiring story they have. And... Here's where my terrible mindset comes into play comparison. And guys, I'm just going to be completely honest with you about it because I like to be as honest as I can. This annoyingly big, bigger than I'd like it to be part of me is just comparing myself and going like, why am I not doing that yet? You know, they're only technically a year ahead of me and I'm not anywhere near what they're doing right now. And I know that's terrible and I know I can't do that. So I'm just going to try to make sure that I just use it to inspire me and not allow myself to feel like a failure. So, and I, I, I hate to say that, but like I said, I'm just being completely honest with how my annoying brain works. I'm, you should share with me and tell me if you often feel this way. It's sadly something that I deal with often and it's something that I'm trying to work on, but I am insanely inspired in addition to feeling like I'm not good enough or I am not there yet. And I wish I was, but, um, anyway, that was a downer, wasn't it? I don't mean it to be a downer. I think I'm just really trying to be as honest as I can on this podcast and that's how I feel. And I'm obviously trying to work on it and be better And I will be better. I will continue to work on getting better. So we'll drink to that. I'm going to have a sip of my wine. If you enjoy this podcast, and I am sure you have, I I know that you enjoyed it. There's no way you didn't enjoy that. I don't want to toot my own horn, but that was a good one, mostly because I didn't do a lot of talking. These ladies killed it and just said so many amazing things. Please subscribe. And if you're feeling extra generous, 
And I think, by the way, tomorrow is my birthday, so maybe it could be like my, your birthday gift to me. That feels like manipulation, and I feel like I shouldn't do that sort of thing. But it is. It's the truth. Once again, I'm just being honest. Tomorrow is my birthday, turning 39. And a year from tomorrow, I will be 40. And I'm actually excited about that. I have no qualms with turning 40. But uh, maybe, you know, as a birthday gift to me, you could leave me a little review. Again, as a reminder, why do you want to leave me a review? Well, not just because it's super nice, because I do... I would appreciate it, but I think it will help me reach the ultimate goal of this podcast, which is to remind you all, and to those who have never listened before, to talk to three of my design heroes. So I'm going to say it again. And you know what? These ladies today talked about the universe and saying things out loud and it turning into reality. And guys, I'm determined to to make this a reality. I want to talk to Shay McGee of Studio McGee. Amber Lewis of Amber Interiors and Jacqueline Clark of Larkin Linen. And I think that you can help me because you can subscribe, you can share this podcast with your friends because if I have listeners and they actually think people care about the podcast to any form of a degree, then they're probably going to be more likely to actually do that. So yeah, make it a, a little birthday gift to me, even though by the time this airs, my birthday will be long gone and I will be 39 and it'll be old news but regardless that is what it is anyways guys i'm rambling that's all i got for now i will talk to you later see you next week bye homies all right homies so i'm here today with barrett and okay here's the thing i feel like i keep saying your name wrong it's barrett (laughs) No, see, that's going to be edited out. We're good. Can I just tell you, I listened to the Ivy podcast. I wrote your name phonetically and I still can't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Barrett, 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 Barrett. It's I got it. All right. All right, homies. I'm here today with Barrett and Christina of Waddell and Bochetti. (laughs) All right. We'll correct you on that one too. (laughs) (laughs) It's Wydell and Bichetti. Damn it. Okay. Take three. I should have picked an easier name. <laughs> no, can I tell you this though? Like your name sounds legit. Like. Yeah. Super like fancy. And That's like. My mom said too. 100%. Wydell and Bichetti. She's like, it oh, sounds nice. so fancy. Yeah. No, it sounds fancy as fuck. So, okay. <laughs>